This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Uh, welcome to the Rico Bronia. It's a very weird day as we do the Rico Bronia because I know that half of this audience as a Met fan is happy, but as a Jet fan feels like their balls just got kicked in. And I know that the other half of the audience is probably really, really pumped up and will look at this Sunday as one of the great sports days of their life because the Giants had a tremendous victory, which coincided with the Atlanta Braves losing a wild game to the Seattle Mariners. I think the missed field goal and the Suarez home run occurred basically at the same time. So I understand the Met fan is not a monolithic fan base when it comes to their football partisanship. So there are some Met fans who are depressed today. And there are some Met fans that are excited today when it comes to what happened in the NFL. We will stick to just the Mets and just the baseball. And let us now, after what was a very emotional weekend with the ups and the downs, let us realize that Friday night was necessary. It really was. Because Pete, how many times, and I don't want to make, I don't make predictions hoping to be right when it comes to the teams I root for. I make predictions because this is how I honestly feel. So this is not something I wanted to be right about, but how many times off did I say there's going to be a morning where we're going to wake up and we're not going to be in first place? I said it numerous times and that they finally arrived on Saturday morning where when Hoff woke up and I woke up and ironically was doing a show with Beningo, he was in a great mood. We woke up with the Mets not being in first place. It finally happened. You could write it down. Saturday morning, September 10th, we woke up as a second-place team. How did it make you feel? It was terrible. It, it made me sick to my stomach, and all the trolls, all the Yankee trolls that I know came out of the woodwork. Oh, dude, dude, I got DMs, and I don't know if they were Yankee fans. I'm sure some of them were. Some of them were actually Brave fans. But I got DMs with pictures of the standings Say, hey, how's that look? And it's weird. That night was a tough night sleeping. A very tough night sleeping. The way the Mets lost, the game kind of slipping away late, Buck not using relievers, high leverage relievers in a close game to keep the game close. But then you pile it on with the Brave game where, and this is weird, this just shows you how effed up I am. I fell asleep at about, I'd say like 1130 and the entire night, I kept dreaming about if the Braves won or lost. Am I going to be in second place? Are we going to be in first place? But I couldn't wake up and check. Like, it was one of those weird dreams where I kept checking in my dream if the Braves won or lost, but I couldn't actually check. And in my dreams, the Braves had lost. So I thought, oh my God, wow, the Mets are going to survive. We're going to be in first place for another day. 
Then I wake up in a cold sweat at 5 a.m. And I slowly go to that MLB app. And I slowly go down. And the only thing I would look at is how many runs the Braves scored. And I thought based on that, I'd know if they won or lost. And I saw they scored six. And I said, God damn it. We're out of first place. And that's how I saw that we were out of first place. And it, it was like this cloud that hung above me all day Saturday. But then I had an epiphany late Saturday afternoon, right before the Mets started at 6 o'clock. And that was, if we can win tonight and get some help, get a little lucky, Braves actually get picked off, lose a baseball game, and we could immediately take back first place, I just have this feeling we'll never be in second place again. Now, was I confident any of that stuff was going to happen? Not necessarily, because if you remember, the Marlins right out of the gate scored a run in the bottom of the first inning on Saturday. And right out of the gate, the Mets had three hits against Pablo Lopez in the first inning and couldn't score, including Francisco Lindor, what else is new, grounding into a double play. But that was really my thought late Saturday afternoon that maybe falling out of first place would actually be the greatest thing that ever happened to this team. Maybe somehow it would serve as a wake-up call. Maybe somehow that would be a moment we'll all remember and remember how the Mets responded. And then obviously, you need luck. You need the Braves to actually lose. And luckily, that happened on Saturday and Sunday. But I started to get a little bit more confident again because I think throughout this season, and you tell me if I'm wrong, if you've been listening to this, Rico, I think I've been mostly confident. I think I've been mostly positive. And maybe in my past, I've been more negative, but a part of the reason why I've been positive is because of this team. I believe the team has earned that positivity. I believe that team has responded every time they needed to this season. And they did that this weekend. Now, I don't want to throw a parade for winning two out of three against the lousy Marlins team or winning four out of six in this six-game road trip against Pittsburgh and Miami because coming into this trip, Hoff and I both said, go win all of these games or go win five out of six. I don't think we would have been thrilled with just winning four out of six. Same thing with the seven games coming up against the Cubs and the Pirates. I don't think we'd be happy winning five out of seven or four out of seven. I think we want to see a long winning streak. And I think we think this team needs a long winning streak and they should have a long winning streak considering the teams that they're playing. But considering how Friday night went and the feeling we all had Friday night as we watched David Peterson get knocked out in the fourth inning, and we watched Tommy Hunter give up a run, and we watched Joely Rodriguez set the game on fire, and we watched all those missed opportunities, specifically Lindor grounding into that double play in the seventh inning when they were really set up to come back and maybe win that game Friday night. Considering how dark I think it all felt on Friday, to come back and score 20 runs in the next two games against the Marlins, a team that pitches pretty well. They don't hit, but they pitch pretty well. To pound out 20 runs over the next two games, to really have laughers, not early Saturday, but it turned into a laugher Saturday, I think is another testament about this team and why we should trust this team and why it's not a perfect team and the team has flaws, and we'll get to a few of them, And we'll get to a few questions about this team moving forward. I think this weekend was yet another example that we should trust them. I trust them. I tell you that right now, I do. Doesn't mean I think they're going to win the World Series, but I trust this team. 
That dirty word people like to use, they're collapsing, they're falling apart, they're choking. Hey, this was not great over the last week and a half. They lost four games to the Nationals, to the Pirates, and the Marlins. But when they dropped out of first place for the first time in 150 days, here's what I know. They responded by outscoring their opponents 20-6. to And they needed help. And thank God for Julio Rodriguez, the greatest young player in this sport. Well, I'm biased towards a little bit because as Pete will tell you, he's my long-term keeper in my fantasy league, but not just that. He kicked the Braves' ass. I mean, forget about my keeper value towards Julio. How good is this kid? On Sunday, after the Mariners somehow managed to blow a 6-2 lead in the ninth inning, which I watched in the, you know, I had it up in the corner. The Giants were my main focus. I had the other football games on, but I had it in the corner of my eye. And I looked up as Michael Harris hit a ball into orbit. I'm thinking, all right, well, it's like Kurt Abbott coming up after Jay Payton's home run against the Yankees in Rivera in 2000. Great. He had a home run, but there's two outs and nobody on you down by a run. And I watched as Eddie Rosario got on base. And then uh, what's his name? Robbie Grossman hits a two-run home run. But I knew that Julio was coming up. And I knew that Kenley Jansen is no Edwin Diaz. So great job by Julio Rodriguez. Great job by Eugenio Suarez. And the Mariners, really, they won a game that thank God they won. Because if the Braves win that game, that's an an incredible win. That's like our win against the Phillies earlier this season. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so now we as Met fans can take a deep breath. Not full deep breath because they got to go play the Cubs on Monday night. And they have a three-game series with them and a four-game series with the Pirates. And there's no letting down. They have to win every single night. We can't assume the Braves are now going to go fall into a losing streak. But the Mets have now reclaimed sole possession of first place. They didn't have it when they were a half game up. I'm sorry. They were tied for first place. But with the Braves losing on Sunday, the Mets are now one game up in the loss column. Going into this seven-game homestand and going into a time where... The Atlanta Braves have some tough games. The Braves continue this West Coast trip against the San Francisco Giants, or at least a competent Major League Baseball team. And then they got a bunch of games with the Phillies, seven out of the next 10 games against the Phillies who are battling for a playoff spot. But let's all admit this. After the way we felt Friday night and the way we felt Saturday morning, there are some of us, I'm not going to name any names, who thought we would never see first place again. I heard that before. Ah, you lose first place. We're never going to see first place again. We saw first place again. We saw it again in 24 hours. And you know what happened 24 hours later? We expanded it to a game and a half. I am pumped up. I'm relieved. That's really the word. I'm relieved. First place again. And now, this whole roller coaster I've talked about, don't give it back again. Grab it and take it. Because you have seven games coming up against the Pirates and Cubs in your own building. Not on the road, in your own building. What's my expectation? Win all of them. That'd be my expectation. 
Now, as far as what happened in this series, uh, let's start with the opener. David Peterson wasn't very good, obviously. Gives up that home run early to Garrett Cooper. Gets into trouble in the second inning. Fights his way through it. Buck had a quick hook on him. Honestly, I didn't have a huge issue with it. I understood it. I think what was disappointing, and Joe actually brought this up on our Saturday show, where he said, hey, if you're going to take David Peterson out early, why not go to Trevor Williams? Trevor Williams has been one of their more reliable pitchers. I know he pitched on Saturday and actually gave up a run. But in general, Trevor Williams has been very, very reliable in any role they had. I think in that moment, they weren't sure if they were going to need Trevor Williams for Sunday because Taiwan Walker had been battling this blister issue. So he goes to Tommy Hunter, actually got a big out in the fourth inning, and then he gave up the run in the fifth inning. But even though the bullpen let this game slip away in the eighth inning when Charles LeBlanc hit that two-run home run, this was another game, just like the opener to the Pittsburgh Pirates, just like the two losses to Washington, where the culprit was they couldn't score runs. The culprit was, other than Pete Alonso hitting that two-run home run, which gave him a little bit of life, a little bit of life, down 4-1, to one, cutting it to 4-3, to three, they just couldn't get the big hit. Double plays have killed them over the last week. You had the Jeff McNeil double play in the third inning, which I was really stunned by. Because I think most of us look at McNeil as the guy you trust the most with guys on base. They had just put together three consecutive hits. It looked like they were about to break through two to one game, first and third, one out. I I had confidence that they were going to at least tie the game in that third inning. And McNeil first pitch bounces into a double play. And right after that, and this has happened a bunch of times, they ground into a big double play. And then it almost like it takes the air out of their sails. And the bats do nothing for a few innings. And after Pete hits the home run, they were really unable to muster anything that inning because they got a two-out walk by Naquin and then Canna hit this little pop-up. They had another opportunity in the seventh inning. This time it was Lindor grounding into a big double play. And then, yeah, I think the thing that annoys a lot of us that I hope changes coming up, and that is Buck Showalter managing in a close game as if, oh, I can't use my high leverage relievers. And what was so frustrating about that in a 4-3 to three game is how often we've seen him use these high leverage relievers in blowouts. And we even saw it on Sunday. <laughs> and I guess what's so frustrating is that you can't predict the future. We all know that. Buck Showalter doesn't know, hey, am I going to need my high leverage guys on Saturday? Am I going to need my high leverage guys on Sunday? Now, the Mets have no off days. So it's not as if they know, oh, we have an off day Monday. We have an off day Thursday. They're in the midst of a stretch in which they don't have an off day until not this upcoming Thursday, the Thursday after that. So they're playing a lot of games in a row. But what's frustrating is that on Sunday, when you know you're playing the next day and you say, oh boy, I got to get Adam Adovino in. I got to get Seth Lugo in. You do that. And on Friday, when you're in the same boat, Because you're playing tomorrow, you're playing the day after that, you don't know when you're going to need a reliever in a close game. So it's the same situation when you really think about it. There's no off day. He says in a close game, ah, I'll trust Joely Rodriguez. And what I hope Buck changes, even though I get it, it can bite you. If you use a high leverage reliever in a game in which you're trailing by a run or two, and they do the job, but then you don't come back and win, and then the next night, you have a one-run lead in the eighth inning, 
you run the risk that you use them the night before. Well, guess what? You run the same risk going into Monday's game against the Cubs. You used Adam Adovino on Sunday in a blowout. Did you not? So anytime you use one of these high leverage relievers, you're running into that risk that the next day you're going to need them in more traditional spot. But you're running into that risk whether you're down 4-3 to three in the 8th or you're up 10 nothing in the 8th. The risk's the same. So why not try to win the game that you're down by a run in? That's the only point I'm making. And I've got confidence that Buck's going to change things. Because we are now about to enter, I mean, I think we're already in the home stretch, but even more so of the home stretch, with seven games at home, followed by six games on the road, followed by a brief two-game series in which they barely play in a week. They play, they have a Monday off, they play Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Wednesday, a Thursday off before they play the big series against Atlanta. Like, this is the real home stretch. So, why F around? Why trust Montes de Oca? Or Joely Rodriguez, stiff neck or not, he's not good. I don't think any Met fan wants to see him in the game. So Friday was very, very frustrating. It wasn't on necessarily Bucks bullpen decisions. It was on the offense. But it's just, it's an inconsistency of, I'll use these relievers in a blowout when I'm winning because I got to get them work, but I won't run with that same strategy when I'm down by a run. 